listening to a special edition of MMA Fancast, brought to you by Octagon247.com. We are here with a live edition of MMA Fancast, a special edition, Caged Madness 46 happened this evening, and we were there live covering this event. We are in the process of getting all of these details posted on Octagon247.com, but we wanted to discuss this fight card with you, our fans, and what a fight card it was. And I am joined here this evening by my cohorts. First, I'm going to switch things up a little bit. I'm going to introduce to you the voice of an angel. Terry Dactyl. What's up? What? Oh, wait, no? I can't do that, huh? You cannot do that. Okay, it's trademark. Gimmick infringement? It is, yeah. Okay. What's up, TD Nation? Terry Dactyl here. All one of you listening to TD Nation. Oh, uh, one? That might be a little bit of a stretch. Stretch, that's true. (laughs) Um, Okay, so we have TD. We also have the man, the legend. Home of the 12-inch... Holding up the 12-inch guns. Jim Sahara Mooney. That's right. What's up? What's up? What's up? We're too tired to do it all at once. Yeah, so we are tired. It's the middle of the night. We we traveled from Pittsburgh, the home of Octagon 24-7, and MMA FanCast, and we made the journey tonight to... Akron, Ohio, which was the home of Cage Madness 46. We saw a pretty great a pretty great card, a pretty good regional MMA card, and we saw all 11 fights. We're going to discuss the top of the card here tonight as well as just share with you our experience and um, yeah, we're excited to to bring that to you. A first of many Regional shows that we will be covering here at Octagon247.com as well as MMA Fancast. So let's let's get started, guys. Um, let's start with the 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 headline headlining fight of the card, which is Andrew Law, who is coming in on a four fight winning streak, facing Scott Hudson, and we 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 had a very controversial fight here. So you know, let's let's get into this. Yeah, the uh, there was just as much excitement after the fight ended as there was, and it was pretty action packed fight, um, but a lot of controversy at the end, and I think you know everybody stood around for like ten minutes till the announcement was made, and then once it was made, the the losing corner was not happy. Yeah, so Scott Hudson, um, kind of was the uh, Andrew Law was the crowd favorite, the hometown, the hometown guy, on a four-fight win streak, coming in at eight and four, and this was the uh, the headlining fight. And really, it was clear that this was the fight the fans were there to see. And um, although they enjoyed the entire card, um, but Andrew Law was the was the guy they were there to see, and and Scott Hudson <laughs> took it to him. He definitely took it to him. And one thing that I couldn't help but notice was Andrew Law's hair kept getting in the way. And I even heard people behind me 
saying he's got to cut his hair, he's got to pull his hair back, he's got to do something. Um, I just thought that was interesting. I don't... Yeah, I don't understand. E- even you know when we're watching UFC, um, they usually well, braid it, it yeah, though. It the top level guys they braid it though. I'm I'm trying to remember who the last one was like that I saw. Cornrows, like cornrows, yeah. Right yeah. Like even Uriah Faber used to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But his hair was all all over the place and was constantly a problem. It seemed. But Hudson, I mean, this was a night. Hey, Andrew Law. This is the first time we saw him fight. Yeah. Very skillful fighter. This both was of not, them actually. Both of them. Yeah. This was not his night though, and and it was it was. I kind of sensed that early on. You saw that in the first round. You said he's just not he's not fully there. He he looks discouraged. Yeah, he looked discouraged to me. He he got a takedown um probably with a, a minute or two left to go in the in the first round and immediately Scott Hudson worked his way back to get over to the to the fence, then crawled up the fence and got up pretty quickly and to me, looking at Andrew Law after that happened, I saw something in him that said it was dis- he felt discouraged that he got a nice takedown after the first round. I felt like was going in Hudson's way. Then Andrew Law gets a nice takedown, and immediately Scott Hudson's able to get back on his feet. So that's when I I turned to I turned to Terry Dacto and I said, Hey, I I feel like. He's discouraged. This doesn't look like this is going to end well for him. Yeah. But you know what? It it wasn't the worst part of the night. You guys know what the worst part of the night was? The worst part of the night you was just going. No, <laughs> no, even worse than that was our drive through experience at the local McDonald's. Our host and CEO. No, you're the president. President Ryan Middleton, who is stewing right now just at the thought of the idea that he got an Egg McMuffin and it had no Canadian bacon on it. I mean, come on. And it wasn't, there was no egg on it. There you was were a not, sponge you that, were was not not, that was not hot. Listen, we pulled in, I don't eat McDonald's to begin with. You even I, said, this isn't right. Something's not right yeah, about this. I, I, I was right. It was shady from the get-go. I need to Terry Dactyl needs to start listening to Ryan Middleton more often. I've been telling you that since the day we met, TD. Anyway, forget about McDonald's. McDonald's deserves no time on our podcast. That's a good a point. Fact, They're not a sponsor. I, I may go back and edit McDonald's name out of this podcast entirely because. They do not deserve to be mentioned on such a fine, fine podcast. Talking about a fine, fine event like Cage Madness 46 and Andrew Law and Scott Hudson. So talk about the finish. What happened? Here's here's the deal, folks. Scott Hudson was really laying it on hard, hard in the... Th- was it the third round? No, it was the second round. Second round. Finished in the second. Okay, so he's he is laying it on hard on Andrew Law. The fight... I mean, the, it looks like the referee's going to jump in to stop it at any moment. And at that point, Scott Hudson nailed Andrew Law with an illegal... Was it a kick or a knee? It was, it was a knee. It was, it was a, a knee, knee, knee yeah. to the head. An illegal knee to the head. And and the referee immediately jumped in. And I believe I, I, it was the third round, guys. I think you're wrong. It could have been. Was second. It was second. I got it right here. My notes were... Um, uh, stiff jabs um, started by Hudson. 
Um, took it to the ground. Strong flurry of combos. But an illegal knee stops the fight. Should end in DQ. And then that's where so we I, got the ref so confirming with the head judge with a long Right, but when the referee was in our area, he was talking to some of the fighters behind that, that were sitting behind us. He had he said that they weren't sure if that call was going to stand to give the fight to Andrew Law. That it it could have been a no contest contest or that um, uh, I can't remember what else they said. But that decision may well, be should, reversed if it's the third round. It was second round, one hundred percent, because I. You know, I took it round by round for all the fights. It was second round. It was round two. Um, and then in that discussion, which was right in front of us, they were looking for the other ref, who I would assume he had a lot more experience, and they wanted to to talk to him about it. But there was uh, – it ended up being – um, the call was an intentional foul with the fighter being disqualified. Um, but – you know, Couldn't once, that have also just gotten a point taken off? That, see, that's what I thought was going to happen. Um, you know, because I've seen that before. As a matter of fact, um, the last, uh, who was it, uh, Claudia Gadela? I can't, I can't pronounce her last name right. But anyways, she ended up kicking her opponent in the head while she was down, still down on all fours. And the, she wasn't even... Um, they didn't even take a point off of her. So, you know, to see this and him being disqualified, I I was expecting, and I th- Ryan, I think you even had, men- had mentioned it, that um, that they were going to take a point away. Because it looked like he was motioning to well, one side of the cage at, well, the, at that he point. he wasn't stopping the fight immediately. Right, and, yeah. And so this is where the controversy was, was Andrew Law... That when they stopped the fight, Andrew Law was like out of it. Yeah. He was on a in another, and the referee looks up at him, looks at him, and says, "Are you ready to go?" And and uh, the fighter's instinct, yeah, I'm I'm ready. The guy couldn't stand up; he was falling all over. And the referee's going to start the fight, and we're going, "What do you do?" No, it was a very odd scene. That it was. Yeah, he even seemed to, the refs, was like he got distracted when he first asked him, and he stood up and said he was okay, and then it was like he got distracted behind him, and I don't know if that came from uh, from the other fighter. Yeah. Well, no, that was was the second time, because then when he turned back, that's when, um, when Law went back, went to his corner and was down on the ground, and he was... It was actually the uh, one of the judges in front of us who was telling the ref, you got to go over there, um, that he can't talk to his corner. And that's when uh, when the ref went over there. And he and was just... He, he, was, not, was, he was not in fighting shape. shape. He was in really bad yeah. shape. I, I mean, I, I as much MMA as I've watched, I haven't seen a, a position where a referee was looking to start a fight back up with a fighter in worse shape than that. Well, I mean, you got to remember, I mean, this is not a, I guess there were, this was a pro fight. Um, so maybe I stand corrected. This was a pro, this is a professional fight. So. Yeah. I, I, I thought it was very um, odd that he was going to restart the fight. I, all you had to do was look at Andrew law and realize he wasn't, 
He wasn't there. No, he was not. Mm-hmm. I think everybody in that crowd knew that. But but here's my question. So, so yes, that's a pro fight, and uh, there were two pro fights tonight. There were several amateur fights. What is it that constitutes a pro fight versus an amateur fight? Do you guys know? When someone gets paid to fight, they're a pro. They can make the decision themselves to go pro. It doesn't mean that they're actually ready for it. Or they'll get a fight. Yeah. So they may actually, they may end up with a fight, but then once that promoter sees their skill level, they're, they won't be invited back. They're not someone that can draw and that can, you know, compete at that level. So, and, and I'm wondering, because, you know, just going back to my roots in professional wrestling, the idea of a professional was somebody that actually made a full-time living at it. So I don't know that there are a lot of fighters that are actually making a full-time living from fighting. Well, That's why I was wondering kind of what the difference was. Well, the, these guys aren't going to make a full-time living out of it, but... Not at this level. Not yet, not at this circuit. But but that's what, I mean, the guys that are 30 that are starting a career aren't looking to make a career out of it. But right. the guys that are in their young, early 20s, of course, their goals, they're, they have their eyes set on the UFC. And so, or Bellator, or yeah. somewhere where they can make a career out of it. And we were in Cody Garbrandt territory. We were. We were, yeah. Everywhere in Ohio, I think, is Cody Garbrandt territory. Sure. Bay. Yeah. Well, Steve is a Cleveland guy. He's yeah. He's so all over that, Ohio though. So Hudson and Law. That was certainly a fight that um, Hudson <clears throat> Hudson definitely dominated that fight and should have gotten the uh, uh, you know if he doesn't throw that kick the fight the knee that fight is going to end momentarily. Correct. If you are a longtime MMA fan and, and you remember. Um, Matt Hamill and John Jones. Um, actually, that that f- I've been watching MMA for so long that that seems like very recent for me. I think it was in like 2010. Was that the 12, 12 to six elbows? Correct. I think we talked about that last time too. And it was very reminiscent of that in the sense of that fight was very close to being called. The referee was very close to jumping in to stop it. And the illegal strike occurred, and the and actually Bones Jones was disqualified because Hamill couldn't continue, and that's exactly what happened in this fight. Mm-hmm. So that's how that one ended. There was a a an additional um, pro fight on this card that was the co-main event, and that was Drew Schottenheimer and Brandon Davis. It was it was a uh, actually a catch weight. Uh, they announced that it was uh, it was about at one fifty. Okay. Um, This was a a fight that there was a distinct size advantage by the time they were fighting. I don't know how the Ohio State Athletic Commission has um, them weigh in when when they weigh in, but uh, Drew Schottenheimer Drucifer. What's his nickname? Drucifer. So Drucifer was (laughs) huge, looked huge compared to Brandon Davis, and it showed through the fight. Drew Schottenheimer has some great kicks. The guy can kick to the body, can kick the legs. He, I think Brandon Davis's legs um, are gonna f- not feel very good tomorrow morning. Yeah, interesting. Um, my my notes that I had on this fight as I was um, keeping track of it, you know, round by round. 
the uh, the fight actually started with Davis. Um, they were both trying to find their distance, but Davis was the one who was leading with the kicks. And then he ends up taking all that punishment. And some of those were wicked, wicked kicks. They were very wicked. So that was to his, his front leg, which was actually his right leg. So he was coming in as a southpaw. And that was actually the fight that that Terry Dactyl and I missed the very beginning of. I think it was. We were interviewing Miles? Yes. And we'll get into that as well. Um, who was fighter of the night as well. That's right. Um, so... Drew Schottenheimer um, got a decision win, used his distance well. Um, you know, I, I felt watching Schottenheimer like he really could have, every time he waited to counter, I felt like he was very successful. If he let Brandon Davis initiate the action, it, he would just counter immediately mm-hmm. and it was it was leading to great success. I was kind of waiting for him to just just be patient, wait for Brandon Davis to to come at him and and counter him. But but he actually initiated a lot more action than I thought he should. I think he had a lot more success against Brandon Davis when when he was countering. Did you make any notes? On Agreed. That? Yeah, that's um, that's what I had. That uh, he actually um, had, there were a couple uh, flurries by Davis. Out of the blue corner, flurry by blue with elbows um, towards the end of the first round, but counter by Drucifer. Um, and then, you know, there's uh, there's more of that in the second round. He uh, he definitely going back to what you said before, Ryan. He looked like a giant compared to his opponent, compared to Davis. This is you know Drucifer we're talking about. Um, they had him listed five eleven. Then you made note of. Like the size difference. I mean, they, it was just—he was. Just he didn't look huge like 150. He did not look like he weighed in at one. Maybe he did weigh in 150, but then he quickly yeah, rehydrated and, and, and put on 20 pounds. We know UFC are weighing in like 36 hours before the fight, roughly. Um, I don't know if they're weighing in the morning before, like Friday morning or Tuesday morning in this case, but. Um, but I mean, if Brandon Davis cut weight, there's no. I don't think Brandon Davis had to either. He must not have cut weight to get to 150, or Drew Schottenheimer is like huge and cuts a lot. Yeah, I think he must have. Yeah, my uh, my guess, just looking at those two, it looked like Brandon Davis. That's his natural weight, and it's not that he's cutting, and just by. You know, going through a fight camp, he may be dropping pounds, but not yeah. intentionally cutting. He might walk around a little, a little heavier than that, and and. I wonder if these guys are going through a real fight camp. No, not a real. I not mean, yeah, not like they're just training. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I, well, I, at the pro, at the pro level, that maybe they're like in an actual camp, but it's hard to tell. It's hard. It's hard to tell with these. Uh, you know, I, I I'd love to see. What these guys make on these shows, and that's something we can probably figure out. These the two pro ones. I don't. I don't know if they would post that or not. They may, but I, I, think, I think that would have been state. I don't know. I don't know if they would have to or not. Um, it would be interesting to to see how they prepare, how the amateurs were preparing versus how the professionals are. If there's a difference and how you know how much of a difference it is. Yeah. 
the uh, the fight prior to that was for the 185 pound the middleweight amateur title fight. There was a vacant uh, belt, and Joe Wheeler, who is three and one, and was the uh, the crowd favorite, um, the hometown guy, was fought Miles Robinson, and that was a Another great fight. Actually, Hershey Miles Robinson. That's his nickname? That's his nickname. All right. Um, So Miles Robinson had Joe Wheeler in a mountain of trouble in the second round. And and I was shocked. The round ended, if this is going by memory, if my, my memory serves me correct, at the end of the second round... Joe Wheeler didn't get up the entire I remember time that. Yeah, in between re- the rounds. I remember that. But you know what, though? When he came out in round three, he actually looked good. Absolutely, and that shocked me. I had no I idea. I said to you guys, this fight you, is over. You he's said, not, you said this isn't going to last up. 30 seconds, and then all of a sudden, he's, he's fighting, and he's got the fighting spirit, and we're like, whoa. This is the same guy yeah, was that was laying on, laying on the ground in the middle of the round? Just yeah. like you said, Ryan, um, my notes to finish that round say solid round to Robinson. Um, Wheeler never gets up after the end of the round. So he just stayed in position and kind of scuttled. and He was like turtled up at the yeah. end of the round. And then the bell sounded. Miles Robinson gets off of him, goes to his corner. And Joe Wheeler couldn't even get up. And then didn't get up until right as the as the cornermen were ushered out. That's when he got up and just went and fought and like it, it. It was yeah. I've never seen anything like that. I was so surprised that he had a whole round of fight left in him. And boy, Joe Wheeler gained my respect there. What a tough guy. Miles Robinson is a beast. He 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 won the fight of the fighter of the night, um, got a trophy for it, along with the 185 pound strap, um, and that was just an uh, and you'll have to check out octagon247.com. We got an exclusive interview after after that fight with fighter of the night and new. Uh, middleweight champion Miles Robinson. Yeah, um, going back to what you said, Dan. Miles Robinson now goes Who? to Terry. Either one. I mean, Dan dude, or you, Terry. You, you really have like this identity crisis, don't you? Yeah. You don't know I, who you are. It's not anymore. a crisis for me. <laughs> so, but what you were saying before, asking about, um, you know what makes a fighter a pro like how do they go pro right you know at the end of the fight um miles robinson he's being interviewed and which can just quick break that interviewer was unbelievable what a pro i don't know his name but what a pro he was talented yeah he um so uh robinson said something along the lines or he was questioned you know what's next for you who do you want to fight and he didn't call anybody out by name, but um, he said something along the lines of, you know, he doesn't, he's not going to call anybody out by name, but everybody knows who he is. 
you know, just give him a call and, and he's ready to go. Um, so he moves to five and one in the amateur ranks. He's the title holder. This to me is a guy that I think his next step should be moving to the pro ranks. Right. And then we just have to understand well, what exactly does that mean? Yeah. Now, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. You know, it, I'm sure that it's, he's fighting out of, uh, his, his fight camp is Westside Barbell MMA, which is interesting because Westside Barbell is like a, a like a famous powerlifting gym. So I don't know if there's any affiliation there or not. But. There it could be. I don't know. We'll have to find out. But um, you know, I'm sure we'll be in touch at some point with with Miles in the future, and uh, and maybe we can ask him. You know what his exactly his future plans are and if he does plan to to go pro and you know what uh what circuit he's going to go with well jim while you were while you were out there still covering the event we actually were were interviewed miles robinson and we asked you know he 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 mentioned that he was going to go pro and not right away but he says watch out because once i go pro you know those kind of things that interview you can find on octagon247.com. Um, we will have that posted on Thanksgiving Day. So head to octagon247.com and find the link for Cage Madness 46 coverage. And you will find both Miles Robinson's interview as well as the exclusive interview with uh, Jamar Moore, who is undefeated. At four and zero, and had a very, very impressive uh, fight against Ho- Jose Burgos. Yep, um, and his opponent. We talked about this just briefly before that fight. Came in with the last two, his last two fights, both victories, total um, fight time of what, what was it, thirty three seconds. seconds? Yeah. yeah but uh, Jam- uh, Jamar took it to him. Oh, it was. Uh, Something else. Well, w- before we get into that fight, want to talk about the welterweight amateur title fight, which was between Nate Davies and Tyler Collins. Both fighters, and this was the eighth fight of the night. Both fighters came in at five and two. And uh, Jim, what 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 do you have? Nate Davies starts the fight. Starts round one, tr- going for the guillotine choke. Um, and it looked like he was going to get it, Yeah. He and he gasped actually pretty quick, in my opinion. I'd say, what, this was maybe 10 seconds or so that, that he seemed to lose it, and at that point then, he was on the ground, he was on his back. Um, he, they were able to, he was able to get back to his feet. Um, then we had the big slam, um, the big body slam by Collins, and... Uh, Basically, same thing happened, but um, there was a lot of uh, back and forth from that point on. Um, that was about the the midway point of the uh, first round, and I had it. I scored it as that round one going to uh, to Collins, Tyler Collins. Um, round two, I had uh, Davies came out um, to start the second round on top. Couple big blows. Um, Two stiff rights um, when he was on top. He was about to start uh, 
some ground and pound, but then um, Collins was able to get back up. It went to the fence, and then um, that's where Collins um, ended up with top control, and it finished the round finish, round two finished with Collins on top. I put down um, that round could go either way, but I was leaning towards Nate Davies. So then um, we went on to round three. I said quick into round, quick into the round. I had Collins. I'm taking it to the ground with another body slam. Um, once he got there, nothing really happened on the ground, and the refs brought them back up. Um, and that seemed to be an ongoing yeah thing with this fight was. Um, Davies would get on top, and he ended up winning the fight. Right? Davies won that fight. It, uh, yeah. The the final uh, score was thirty twenty seven, thirty twenty seven, twenty nine twenty eight, and it went to Davies. And and Davies, a lot of time contr- got the takedown, and didn't really do much. And it kind of went to a standstill for long periods of time with him on top, but not doing really much of uh, uh, damage, and and so for the crowd, which was a Tyler Collins crowd, they they weren't happy with the this fight. They were um, uh, wanted more action and wanted right. the fight to be stood up, and were frustrated because they felt that Davies was just laying on top of them. So this fight was at uh, 170 pounds, and at the end. Uh you know the um, I, we don't we should probably look into finding out what that guy's name is, but the guy that came in to do the interviews had asked him um, a couple different questions, and uh, and his response this is Tyler Collins we're talking about said this isn't even my weight class, I moved up a weight class like McGregor. And oh, look, that's right. He was com- he was comparing yeah. himself to McGregor. Wait, that's Davies right. said that. Co- no, Collins. Well, you said Davies won. No, I said Collins won. Okay, so. Then take away everything I said. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were talking about Collins, that it was... The the person that won was the one that was the crowd was against and where they were frustrated. And they certainly didn't like him, him comparing himself to Conor McGregor. Yeah, no, they did not. They were not <laughs> I heard several that. comments as I was walking around the octagon. We were pretty close to the crowd. Well, we were the crowd. Well, yeah, but there were there were uh, so, a decent crowd on hand. So, the last fight we're going to talk about is we 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 mentioned it already. Jamar Moore and Jose Burgos, um, two undefeated <coughs> amateurs. A why do you do that all the time? <laughs> it is oh, so no. annoying and distracting. <laughs> What do I do? You like make these goofy random faces like <laughs> when you're trying to talk and it's like really odd. Do you does he do that when you're talking? He does, yeah. I'm I gonna think start it's just... doing I'm gonna start acting like a pterodactyl when you're talking. I think it's just the way that his like he how his blood continually circulates that is is annoying. Yeah. Something like that. And he continues to Breathe and that breathing thing, yeah. Oh, it's so try annoying. to get him to stop. Ryan loves when I chew as well. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, my goodness. If you yeah. want to hear, like, eat with Dan, it's, it's disgusting. Terry Dactyl. Sorry, I called you by your non stage name. <laughs> 
What is your name right now? You're killing my gimmick, guys. What, I don't even know what to refer to. That's you because as it became a self-proclaimed. We we called you at one time, and well, then you wouldn't let go. I'm of on. It. I'm on Team Terry Dactyl. I, Thank you. I like the nickname. Thank you. But I have to like it since you I was force involved us. in this. Um, <clears throat> back to people that matter. Jamar Moore. Jamar Moore and Jose Burgos. So Burgos. Both fighters were undefeated. Burgos um, had some fights that were very quick knockouts. Um, So I actually turned to you, Dan, at this point in the card before this fight, not Terry, sorry, and said, Guys, come on, get it together. (laughs) We don't know what to call you anymore. And said to you, This is going to be a fight here. This is going to be a good fight. And it it was. Uh, Jamar Moore. And Jose Burgos had a great first round. Um, and back and forth, um, I would say it was a fairly close to even. I would have given the edge to Jamar Moore, but I think it was in the second round that Jamar Moore just took over. He landed yeah. a big shot, um, and then Burgos was kind of out of it. and He got about five or six more shots, and as he was, like, going down... And really got a good shot in at the end there, and uh, and the fight was called. And the ref jumped in. Yeah, uh, there for that round, for the second round, there wasn't much action until it went to the fence, and then there was a little bit of dirty boxing, and then uh, more exploded at that point. And I had that, you know, he had heavy blows um, to finish it, which you know ended up being called a TKO. But first round was definitely back and forth. Both fighters were aggressive. But round two, Moore definitely took over, and to me, it seemed like he was—he had a much higher skill set than uh, than Jose. Um, a lot of activity. He was. Um, this was the same fighter who, in the first round, remember that quick reversal where he was on the ground and it was oh. like in a flash. Wow, that was super, yeah. super, super impressive. Quick. And I actually regret not talking to him about that when when we interviewed him. Um, that was he. So he was on his back completely, mm-hmm. and was on the, his back for a little while. It wasn't like a f- flash. He was he was on his back for a good minute or so, and there wasn't much movement out of him. And then all of a sudden. He immediately just flipped it. Boom! It was, and he so yeah. waited for the moment when he felt the weight was there to 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 do it, and he did it so quickly. Very impressive. Went from bottom to top in an instant. It was it was very awesome, very uh, very good fight, very impressive performance by Jamar Moore. Um, Jose Burgos gets his first loss. You know. That's the the beautiful thing about mixed martial arts is you can learn a lot from a loss. You can develop so much as a fighter, um, so in a, in a lot of instances, so much quicker and more from a, um, no pun intended, from a loss than from a win. And so um, I look forward to seeing how Burgos, uh, you know, responds to right. having his first loss. And getting back on the on the bike and and just uh, taking off. So Jamar Moore, 
we were talking about Miles Robinson. I think Jamar Moore could, you know, be somebody that should consider. You know, he's got um, maybe some consistency. I don't, you know, I don't know if that's uh, the right word to to use for his performance, but that that flash, that that speed that we saw, if that's something that he can use consistently, you know, in his pursuit, you know, coming out from beginning of the bell round one against his opponent, he'll just overwhelm him with speed, and it's just something like that is so hard to match up against. So, you know, I don't know if he takes on, continues to stay in the amateur ranks for a few more fights to hone that skill and and learn how to use that speed to his advantage. Um, because it's, you know, it was like double um, what what we saw coming from Jose. Just totally unexpected. You know, I, I, I would expect to see a couple more amateur fights, though, before he goes goes pro. Robinson, I think he can go pro now. Yeah, Robinson's pretty close. Miles um, Robinson, I'll tell you what, he's got a physique that, you know, looks like he's a good fighter and, and could be really something special. Um, someone who I think could could make some noise in, in um, you know, if he continues to develop. And I don't know how old he is. I, I'd love to know um, if we can, if, if one of us can look that up, um, you know, if he's... If he's a younger guy, man, he's got a lot of potential. Yeah, we uh, didn't get much information on the fighters um, with regard to that, but um, he's somebody that I, I think anybody listening out there should uh, should jot down his name. This is Miles Robinson we're talking about. Somebody that you could possibly hear from in the future, uh, you know, whether it's UFC on an undercard, uh a prelim like uh, maybe FS1 or uh, or Fight Pass, something like that. But Miles Robinson's 22 years old, so well, this go. is a guy. Yeah, I'd say he's got some some hope. Then I oh, think yeah. that yeah, he could definitely be some. So before tonight, he was number sixth ranked active Ohio amateur middleweight. So number six in the state amateur. Definitely, will move up those rankings after this impressive win. Um, and he's already sixth ranked out of 159 after three fights. So this is his fourth fight. Has a lot, or no, I'm sorry. This is his sixth fight. He was four and one. Um, I think he's got he's got a lot of uh, a, a good future ahead of him. Um, from a so this was a a, a fight that the um, the card was promoted by Explosive Fight Promotions. Um, we got to meet uh, Dan and Svob, who is the promoter. Um, th- thought they put on a great card. Yeah, I'd say top to bottom. I, you know, it's interesting for the um, for some of the uh, the undercard. There were there were even a couple couple bigger guys that came out swinging. Man, that that uh, Matthew Adams, I believe, the second fight, who just took it to Dustin Freight. You guys remember that? I do. I mean, he, he, he. I, I don't remember a time that he wasn't throwing his hands. Yeah, he that came was out, his MMA debut. Right. He came out um, swinging for like. I, I, I literally don't remember him stopping at all. Dustin Freet's nickname was uh, what, what's big, his? big, big wig. Big wig. Yeah. Okay, so 
Matthew Adams came out and and just stormed, stormed and never stopped. And 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 just whether it was on the feet and then when it went to the ground, he just kept punching the entire time. Yeah. I think the fight lasted thirty seconds. Yeah, and Mo- most of the first few, I think the very first three or four fights went about that went about thirty seconds. What about the big, uh, uh, big super heavyweight guy? Well, actually, like that that was corn fed good old boy. <laughs> that uh, that one was at uh, super heavyweight. So that was the second fight, but there was another fight, maybe the fourth, third, or fourth fight. I'm um, looking. Uh, it was the fifth fight. Yeah, we had some guys that were a little bigger than you, Dan. Um, we had George the Grizzly jo- Pointer. Yeah, so that so George George Pointer was six the three came in at three hundred two corn pounds. Corn fed, good old boy. And then we had uh, Omar uh, Bettingfield. He took, it, to he took it to Omar. Pounds. Yep, he, he, he took it to Omar. Yeah, Omar didn't really get any offense in that fight. So I would say highlights of the undercard, uh, guys to look out for, uh, Matthew Adams and George, George Pointer, both in their debuts. Very nice um, debuts for those two. Those were, <coughs> those were the only two. No, he- Hector, uh, Hector was also Hector Mares. Yeah, he, he finished his fight. Um, forty-two seconds into the fight with uh, with an armbar submission, it yeah. just it came from out of nowhere. Yeah, you know, really, he ended up on his back, um, going into full guard, and then, like, what seemed like a matter of just a few seconds, had this armbar and and his opponent tapped out. So we had so we had one, two, three, four, five fighters making their debut amateur debut and two fought each other which were terry neff and john knott and terry neff got the win in his in his debut other than that every other fighter on the card making their debut came out victorious yeah neff ended up with a rear naked choke 233 into round two uh pointer won his debut hector mares if that uh, did you note how they Pronounce his name, Mares. Okay, Mares um, got the win in his pro day or his amateur debut. Matthew Adams got a win in his debut. Um, guys making their debut had a very successful night. John Knott was the only one that ended up with a loss, um, but overall a very successful night for those making their debut. Yeah, I um, I went to one other event like this. Here in the Pittsburgh area, this was I think in uh, July. I don't. You even went remember. to King of the Cage at the King Meadows. of the Cage. Yeah. Yeah. Well, those are all pro fights, right? No, they're not all. No, that not. was okay. um, that was actually a mix where they had they started out with um, with amateurs and they actually came in um, with the uh, the full shin guards um, and the uh, the heavier gloves. Um, you know where they uh, they were more like boxing gloves. You know where they they wrap around. You can. St- the underside of their hands are exposed, or their fingers, but the gloves will wrap wrap around to their fingertips, um, and have more padding. Yeah, there's there's more padding. So there were uh, three three fights at that event were at that level, um, and then they had you know some other fighters like we saw tonight that were also amateurs, and then they had um, they actually had a mix of the pro 
couple more amateur fights, and then pro again. Now, that one I went to strictly as a fan. Um, and now this one tonight, going there and actually covering it. Um, Ryan, you made the comment about when you were you know, taking some video, it was hard to get a sense of who was... Um, yeah. Who was winning? Yeah, taking taking video during these fights, you know, you're you're worried more about capturing good video right. than you are able to follow the fight and looking at who's winning. I, you know, when I was videotaping the fights, I, I I wasn't able to follow the fights. Yeah, and and for me, you know, being the stellar photographer that I am, true, it was this is true. it was also yeah. very difficult for me to capture those photographic moments. Dan and, and Cannon Altieri. Ooh, I like DCA. it. The problem was he was using a Nikon. Yes, oh. that's. I mean that that may have been my downfall. Nikon Dan. Nikon Terry. Hey, so, <laughs> what's so, it so, going to be? What's it going to be? So. Here's the thing. Terry is just a casual MMA fan. Loves True. the Conor McGregor. Loves the... Ronda the, Rousey. The, loves the, the John Bones Jones. The big names. The the guys that act like they're in the WWE. That's his thing. Terry Dactyl, you went to a regional MMA show. What are you thinking? Yeah, so it was definitely a good experience. Um, what are you laughing at? What? Yeah, what are you? Oh, 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 okay, okay, I get it. I get it now. I That's get it. what now, you do. They're they're now mocking me. I get it. Okay, so here's my thoughts. We would never do so, that. So, so I've been telling you guys for a while that that MMA needs to become a little bit more entertainment focused, like WWE, and that WWE needs to get a little bit more realistic of a product. So, here's my feedback for these fighters. They're making faces at me right now. I'll, I will try. I will try to ignore them, but I'd rather call them out. No, these, this these, that is what you do. That is the distracting you do when you sit there when some one of us is talking and you're and you're like laughing or. Making, okay, Ryan. Just one quick question for you. Uh, only one, and it's got to be quick. Are you still talking? It doesn't matter what your name is. <laughs> okay, guys, let me give you my thoughts from a casual fan perspective. I would say that the interviewer uh, did a fantastic job of, of asking good questions, pulling pulling some information out of the fighters. What I would love to see, not, not, that, not that these fighters need to go to acting classes, not that these fighters uh, need to take a sales class, but I would really appreciate, just as a fan... For for these guys, as much as they're training and they're trying to become a proficient fighter, they've got to realize that in order for them to capture uh, the audience's attention and to get people to follow them and, and become emotionally invested in, in whether or not they win or lose, they need to somehow be, be able to c- connect with the crowd. And that usually involves talking, right? But yeah, but for, for some of them, it, it just doesn't work for everybody. For Conor McGregor... Natural. Well, but but we're 100% talking percent natural. We're talking about being able to uh, position themselves as a fighter versus somebody like Conor McGregor who goes over the top is the showboat, the showman himself. I don't I'm even not think asking, he goes over the top. I think that's just him. That is that is him. No, in the, in the cage. I think that is him with the volume turned up to ten. So if you talk to Conor McGregor's dad, 
and you saw the interview with his dad, he says that's that's the cage Connor. Right, and that's what I said. For him there, he's not going over the top. That is Conor McGregor, UFC in the octagon. He's intentionally doing that. And, and guess what? You know what that means? You know what that makes him? He's smart. He's not only that, he's marketable. Yes, right? and he's... Wonderboy even made that comment about him, that he's smart for doing these things. He, the, His act, if you want to call it that, in the ring and around the octagon... Leading up to the look fight. At the, look at the pay-per-view numbers. Yeah. Look at the number of casual fans that they bring in. Uh, but but again, there's a difference between somebody that is trying to be somebody else. The reason why, why Connor is so good, because it is him. But again, the volume is turned up full blast, right? So I'm not suggesting that uh, somebody like a, like Miles Robinson, great example. You know, he, he was... He, he could carry himself. You know, we've got, a, again, Octagon247.com. We've got a great interview with Miles Robinson. and An he, exclusive interview. Very good point. From the locker room. And, and if, I could, if I could see a little bit more of the fire and intensity outside of the ring as I do inside of the ring from some of these guys, I think that that would complete them not only as a fighter, but a sports entertainer, not to be confused with pro wrestling, but somebody, but but realizing that this is a sport, but there are, there are also viewers, right? And they've got to be entertained. They've got to have an emotional connection. That's what I would like to see. But I had a great time. EFP put on a great show. Thank you for your hospitality. So, if we talk about what we saw tonight, how do how does one of those fighters? position themselves with something like that how does it get them noticed because i you know i don't know where the coverage is that's going to say hey aside from their performance you know do you think it's something that they need to be pretend practicing maybe drew schottenheimer might listen to this podcast you're talking to drew schottenheimer what coaching would you give him to to make him the type of fighter, the type of person, the marketable person that what practical advice do you think you could give to him? I mean, Before we a, do that, I just want to say he's got a good nickname. Drucifer. <laughs> Drucifer. There's a couple things I'd say. The first thing is is that you have to know yourself and who you are and what you want to accomplish. Once you figure out that, then you need to what what is it that others think of you? What what is it, you know, for somebody like Conor McGregor, right? Somebody would Somebody has probably seen him act that way and maybe laughed at it or thought it was interesting or funny, right? So so who are you? What stands what, out about you? Is what, that what you're what, saying? What stands out about you? What do people notice about you? And then the third thing is, is that your communication skills are one of the most – it's the most influential way. It determines whether or not people make a little bit of money versus a lot of money. Right. So so I don't know if that's a, a Dale Carnegie speaking class. I don't know what it is for you. Right. Go go watch Gary Vaynerchuk videos. Right. Wh- whatever it whatever it can be. But you need to be able to tell a story on that microphone. You need to be able to articulate. Heck, you know what? Go watch 1980s professional wrestling promos or, or even what it is now. Those guys, what, what the, the successful ones, what makes them you know, stand out in people's minds, they are themselves 
But again, they crank that volume up, right? They're, they are they are themselves. They take but their yet personality and they and they put it on steroids. They amplify it. Absolutely. So yeah. So 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 Drew, if you're listening, I would say go through that and figure out figure out a way that you can start to gain some skills when when they hand you that microphone after a fight. Because look, let's be honest. These guys, they need the fighting skills in order to even get that microphone handed right. to them. Right. Okay, so, so, so so no one's taking that away. But once you get that microphone, just like we saw, Mickey Gall, right, calls out Sage Northcutt. He's got something to say. Well, He's not only thinking about the that, fight. Even before that, to even the guy wasn't going to make it in the UFC right then and punk. there. Yeah. He knew Dana White was there. He jumped on that opportunity. And he called out CM Punk. That's business, that's marketing, and that's a smart fighter. Because, again, this is not just a fight. This is the fight game, right? So you've got to be able to, you've got to, be able to look at all these different pieces of the puzzle and find out what your puzzle looks like. Not what Conor McGregor's looks like. Not what Mickey Gall's look like. Again, if we're talking to Drucifer, Drew, Drew Schottenheimer, figure out what your puzzle pieces look like and, and then figure out a way to put them together, something that makes you unique, who you are with the volume turned up, and something that's marketable. So when you look at McGregor or Rousey and you see them uh, pre-fight or they have the volume turned up, do you think that that is too much and it should be toned back? Because, you know, then... How do, how does he do the same thing so, without it looking like that he's just trying to be an yeah. actor? Yeah. Okay, so that's fair. I would tell you the first thing is is that nobody cares how loud the volume is unless you can fight and back it up, right? How many times have we seen somebody who had all the antics and then gets in there for 30 seconds and gets crushed? Right. That's somebody that people make fun of, right? But when somebody talks smack and backs it up. There's nothing like it. Everybody loves that person. Um, so I can give a, a, a for instance, um, when you when when there was the UFC 205 initial press conference announcing the fight card. Um, who did Frankie Edgar fight? Um, Jeremy Stevens. Jeremy Stevens, little heathen. McGregor started talking smack to McGregor. Goes to 205 and gets beat up. So that's the kind of thing, like, you can talk all the smack you want. No one's going to remember it if you get beat up by someone else. Absolutely. And, le- I mean, so there, there's obviously a few exceptions, right? Chael Sonnen gets beat by Anderson Silva, but puts on a heck of a performance. I mean, of anybody at that time that fought Anderson Silva, Chael Sonnen was the closest to, to, you know, so it's not that you necessarily have to win, but you've got to have a strong, dominating performance so that somebody that's sitting there, look, you don't want to buy the T-shirt of a loser, right? You want to buy the T-shirt of a winner. But somebody that goes in there and gives it everything and that you feel like should have won, you can still support that person as well. Well, and I think you can still support the person that goes out there to win fights. Absolutely. There are there not are not win rounds. Correct. Win so fights. If if you're the type of fighter that goes in and is careful to win a round and and I mean, yeah, you you may you may take some rounds. You better but, win all your fights because that's the only way you're going to be marketable. Yeah, well, that's that's what made 
if George St. Pierre is so marketable because he'd won all his fights. But I'm telling you what, if George St. Pierre was, you know, he would be a John, he's John Fitch. Mm, he is John point. Fitch, yeah, yeah. but he was just a little bit better. And John Fitch was still like relevant and was let go because he just was boring. Um, be the type of fighter that looks to end fights when that opportunity, that don't take that chance and people will get behind you. That's why pe- people are getting behind Cody Garbrandt because he is throwing everything into his fights. He's a he good is, smack talker. Absolutely. So, so, so Cody Garbrandt, I don't know if it's, somebody said his cousin was either fighting on the show or had fought on the show. But since we're, you know, since we're in Ohio, that's, that's a, that's a good example of a fighter that leaves it out there, who has a personality, certainly has a look. Not everybody has a look, but can also fight. So, right. So, so guys figure out what your puzzle pieces are and what the ultimate puzzle, you know, is going to look like and put it together uniquely for you. But whatever you do, turn up the volume. Well, that comes straight from Terry Dactyl. If you are a MMA fighter and you're listening to this podcast and you think he knows anything, then listen. If you think he knows nothing, throw everything he just said out the window. Terry Dactyl, ladies and gentlemen. And that is going to wrap us up for this special edition, Caged Madness 46 Brought to you by Explosive Fight Promotions. This is MMA FanCast. Brought to you by Octagon247.com. We're going to have plenty of of pictures, if Terry Dactyl took any good ones. <laughs> and we're going to have some videos of some exclusive, the exclusive interview we now did. Now we know the video is good. We had a good video guy, didn't we? Yeah, well, that's the problem. Well, we, we had a good on-air video guy, but the camera work may be shoddy. We'll see. Jamar Moore exclusive interview, as well as Miles Robinson exclusive interviews. We will have those posted on Octagon247.com. Find the Cage Madness 46 live coverage link, and that will all be posted there. We thank you for joining us. We will have our regular... Sunday evening, Monday morning podcast available for you. Um, please uh, subscribe to this on iTunes, Stitcher, any variation. Rate, review, and subscribe. Would love to hear some feedback. And want to wish all of you a very happy Thanksgiving. Eat that turkey, watch football, and cheer for the Steelers. We need some wins Thursday night Thanksgiving night go Steelers gobble 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 thank you all God bless